Welcome to Beatitudes, where your host, Dr. Kwamenique Sukina, will give you tools to experience wisdom in your everyday life. Listen each week as Dr. Kwamenique Sukina shares stories that will help guide your faith, perspective, and attitude in every situation. This is Dr. Sukina of Indigenous Messengers International, and here is our host. Welcome today. Today we're going to be talking about be sensitive, therefore aware. I'm going to start with a story that took place when I was about nine years old. At the time, I was living in southeast Texas, across the bridge from Louisiana, and we were close to Galveston, Texas. So in the summers, we would go to Galveston to the beach, and we had a beach cabin there, and we would stay there, and our extended family would come, and it was just an amazing time for a child, one of my favorite times in the summers. We would swim at the beach, we would go crabbing, we would go fishing, and we would ride the waves in the Gulf of Mexico there. It was just a very wonderful time, family time. One day we were swimming in the ocean there. It was my brother John, who was younger than me by about four years, my mother, my grandmother, and my cousin Chuck, who was 12 years old. And as a 12-year-old boy would be, he was very kind of rambunctious, and he, he loved playing in the water and doing little mischievous things. And so he started dunking my grandmother in the water, splashing us, spraying us with water. And I was sensitive. I had developed that part of my personality, and it bothered me because I was afraid that my grandmother was going to be hurt. He kept jumping on her back and pushing her under the water. And it was just, it made me feel really concerned. And at some point, he jumped on her back and pushed her down under the water. Of course, she could hold her own. She was kind of going along because it was her grandchild. And her false teeth fell out in the water. And she came up out of the water and she said, oh my goodness, I've lost my false teeth. and I don't know what I'm going to do. They were brand new. I just found, I just got them. Your grandfather's going to be so upset because we just paid for those teeth. And we were all looking. We were trying to put our hands down in the water and diving under the water, trying to find her false teeth. Well, we never, ever found her false teeth in the ocean. And it troubled me so much. I don't think it troubled anyone else as much as it did me. And even my grandmother, she was just like, oh, I'll just get some new ones. So we went back up to the beach cabin because it was time for lunch. And I was just so empathetic about it. It really bothered me. So I I really didn't have much of an appetite. So I just went to my room and I prayed and I said, God, please help my grandmother to find her lost teeth. And as a child, I just left it at that. I was fine. Once I prayed and I asked God, I just completely forgot about it and went on about my business. And We ended up, you know, everyone had lunch. We ended up playing cards, playing games. And we were in the cabin for about four or five more hours when my mom came to me and she said, would you like to walk down to the pier and go fishing? Well, the pier was about two miles down from the cabin. And so I said, yeah, that'd be great. We were so excited. We love to do that kind of stuff. So this had been about four or five hours after she lost her teeth, and we we walked down to the pier about two miles down, and we fished for about 30 minutes. At that age, you know, uh, our attention span was pretty small. 
And so then she was like, well, would you like to go back up to the cabin? And we said, yeah. So because we were kind of getting bored. So we took about three steps from the pier over to where the beach was, and we had gone about 10 feet, and my grandmother's teeth washed up in front of me. And I reached down, and I picked them up, and my grandmother and my mother were walking behind me, and I said, here's your teeth, grandmother. It was just so real, just so normal to me. And I remember my mother and my grandmother just being in shock it it just blew their mind, you know, that, that there was her teeth. And that was, a, you know, a miraculous thing. I have never forgotten it. Uh, my grandmother and my mother are now in eternity, but they never forgot that story. But when you think about that, we had to be exactly at the house a certain amount of time. We had to be walking down the beach, staying down at the pier a certain amount of time. We had to be right at that instant for her teeth to wash up in front of me. If we had missed it by two or three seconds, her teeth would have just gone back into the ocean. So that miracle always stuck with me. And and that miracle is also representative of sensitivity and awareness. My sensitivity to her plight, the fact that I had compassion and empathy for her. My sensitivity drove me to pray for her. And then the awareness, being aware, was how I noticed that her teeth were there. If I had not been aware, her teeth could have washed up right in front of me and I would have never noticed. My sensitivity and my awareness as a child did not make me fragile or weak. But that is contrary to our cultural influences. In our culture today, many people that are sensitive are seen as weak. That Sensitivity is seen as a weakness, but it is a strength. People who operate with sensitivity, they detect and respond to changes, even slight changes, before they become problematic. Um, you would prob- you might say that they're troubleshooters, people that have sensitivity, and sensitivity can be cultivated. It helps you to be aware so you so that you can pick up on things before they become like a loud gong and that they're harder to take care of. Sensitivity allows us to have awareness of other people, other people's needs, and other people's feelings. And developing sensitivity is a necessary part of operating in discernment. Sensitive individuals make exceptional leaders. And one of the reasons is because they have emotional awareness, empathy for others, and dedication to justice and to the value of others. Sensitivity is a prerequisite of self-awareness and social awareness. And both are attributes that are needed to be a good leader or an effective team member. One thing that was, when I was doing research on sensitivity, one thing I never realized is the connection between sensitivity and resilience. Sensitive people quite often are very resilient. Being aware and able to sense subtle, subtle things creates a higher resilience. I know with my own illness, I've been ill for about 35 years, and it's an autoimmune illness. It's very strange illness. You know, even the medical community don't 
really know a lot about it. And I've had to really be on top of that myself. And I have to be aware of subtle changes in my body. And I have to even be aware before I take a medication or do certain things um, so that I don't get in, into trouble. So that sensitivity I have that I have has really been helpful to me and I believe has created resilience and allowed me to live as long as I have. Sensitivity allows an individual to perceive information with greater precision. Therefore, we're able to make wiser decisions. In times past, we had more time to process information. We had time for observation. We had time for reflection. There was margin in our lives. We had downtime and necessary boredom. In fact, boredom is not a bad thing. It's been proven that boredom is a prerequisite for creativity. You know, when we would come in from school when I was a child, my mother would say, go play outside. And we would say, I'm bored. And and boredom was not a bad thing. Right before creativity sparks, you have that downtime of boredom. Children don't get to have that so much these days. And that's why creativity sometimes is waning in this culture. Now in our fast-paced culture, sensitivity and awareness must be cultivated. It's not something we necessarily have. Um, In fact, when you look at sensitivity and empathy, the opposite of, of an empathetic person is a narcissistic person, and our culture can be somewhat narcissistic and insensitive. So it's important now for us to work on cultivating that in our own lives. And it's more important now than it was a generation ago. Sensitivity and awareness are needed to make wise decisions, not just educated ones. I'll tell you a story about a Native American elder that I once was talking with, and I asked him a question. And he just sat there and kind of looked at me, and he didn't say anything. And it was perplexing to me. And I was like, well, is he going to answer me? Or is he just going to sit there? And so at some point, I said to him, well, are you going to answer my question? I said it very nicely, but are you going to answer my question? Because I thought for a minute maybe he just didn't hear me. And he said, oh, yeah, I'll answer it probably in the next couple days. And I was like, in the next couple days? Why would you wait two days to give me an answer? And he said, well, are you wanting knowledge or are you wanting wisdom? This is a totally different paradigm from our pressure cooker Instapot society. As a sensitive and empathetic person, Many times I wished I was more tough-skinned, and I've had people say, you just need to be more tough-skinned, and, and, and I tried because I feel things, and I have felt things very deeply, and I would notice subtle things that maybe other people didn't notice, and I would think, gosh, I think I just feel too much, or I'm just too intense, or I'm just too much. I felt as if I didn't fit into the dog-eat-dog world. And one time I complained to God about it. I was like, why did you make me this way? This is painful. This is difficult. Because sometimes I would pick up on things that other people didn't. And 
I would want their validation, and they would just simply not even know what I was feeling or perceiving. When I was arguing with God about that, all of a sudden, I saw this picture in my mind, and many times, like I said, that's how my higher power or God talks with me. I saw a picture of a beautiful, polished, wooden violin, and I was just looking at this violin, and then I heard these words, I made you into a beautiful violin, and I have strung the strings ever so tightly so that the tiniest wind that crosses the strings will set off a vibration. And that vibration is a beautiful sound to me. You are strung tight to pick up on the least of things others may not notice. Once I got that dropped into my spirit, I accepted that this was the vessel that I was made to be. And I never complained to God about that again. That doesn't mean it's always easy, but there's something about being self-aware. There's something about being comfortable in your own skin and accepting yourself and accepting who God made you to be that helps you to be able to steward that, whatever that is. Later in life, that was confirmed to me again. I was sick at the time. Different times in my life, I've gone through difficult situations with my health. And one of my friends at the church said, there's this woman who prays, and she's a powerful prayer person. I'd like to send her over to your house and have her pray for you. I said, that would be fine. And this lady came to my house, and I expected her to pray for me that day. But instead, she came in, and she asked me a few questions, and then she said, Listen, I don't want to pray for you today. I'd like to go home and and fast for a week and pray and ask God to tell me how to pray for you. And she said, I'll call you in a week, and then I'll come back over. And so I said, okay. So a week later, she called me, and she said, well, I've been fasting and praying, and this is what I would like to do. I'd like to come over and pick you up. And if you're open, I would like to go with you to your pastor and talk to your pastor as well and get him to pray with us. I said, that would be fine. So I called my pastor at the time, and and he said, yes, that would be great. And so she picked me up, and we went over, and I introduced her to the pastor, and we we sat down, and she told the pastor, and she said, you know, pastor— I want to talk to you about sheep in the Bible. And I was like, well, this is really interesting. I thought she was coming to pray for me, but she's going to talk to my pastor about sheep. And she said, you know, in the Bible, there are sheep, and the sheep uh, are symbolic of the people of God. And the shepherd, the good shepherd is Jesus, but, but also the pastors are like shepherds, shepherds to the flock. And she said, you know, the sheep, there's so sometimes you have so many sheep, and the shepherd puts them in a in a pen. You know, he he puts them in the gate to keep them safe, and he's he stands at the door there. He'll sleep at the door to watch over the sheep, but many times there's so many sheep that he can't watch them all. So he will have a sheepdog, 
And at the time, you know, I I had never been around a sheepdog. Later on, my one of my grandchildren got a sheepdog named Gola, and I got to really see how they operate. They are fiercely loyal to the sheep. Gola would stay out in the rain. She wouldn't even take care of herself. And in fact, Gola shepherded us. She would make the rounds every night to make sure the coyotes were not at our house. There's something intrinsically in a sheepdog. And sometimes they'll herd little children around when they're outside playing. They'll get behind them and they'll keep all the little children in line because it's intrinsically a part of their nature to take care of the sheep. So she's telling my pastor about the sheep, and then she said to him, she said, you know, when there's, a, when there's a hole in the pen and there's a wolf or a coyote or something trying to get through, the sheepdog is going to bark and bark like mad to make sure that the shepherd knows that there's danger. And she said, Quamanique is a sheepdog. That's what God has fashioned her to be that she picks up on everything, a lot of things, not everything, a lot of things, and she is sensitive and she's aware, and she is going to guard the sheep, and if she discerns danger, she's going to bark. And what I need to say to you is that if barking gets on your nerves, (laughs) you need to release her to go somewhere else because it's her nature to bark. That was so interesting to me to hear her say that. I I had no idea that's what she was going to say, but it clearly described, and I had some confusion as well, clearly described to me how God had made me to be. And that was, it was my function to pick up on those things. And I had been wired to be sensitive. I had been wired to be aware, not so I could cause problems, not so I could cause conflict, but so I could pick up on these things and work with another person. We could work as a team to help each other to reach the goal. And in that situation, it would have been to make sure that the sheep are okay. In both the violin picture and the sheepdog picture, sensitivity and awareness go hand in hand. Sensitivity allows us to be aware of what is taking place around us. But in society today, sensitivities are being dulled. Busyness, entertainment, addictions, and all of those things, we are not present. We are distracted and we are dissociated. In fact, I've heard, you've heard the old saying, I was dissed. Well, In this situation, we're dissed. We need to wake up, I say that to myself, re-enter our lives. We must cultivate awareness, especially with the challenges we have in society today. We have to be aware that there are unsafe people in situations. We don't need to be paranoid or reactionary, but we do need to be awake, alert, and engaged in life, not only surviving, but also thriving. If our heads are buried into our cell phones and we're blocking the world out with our earbuds, we will not observe what is around us, sometimes in front of us. We will not only miss the beauty and spontaneity of life, 
but we will also miss the subtle warnings of danger. We must unplug from unnatural sources from time to time and replug into the true source of life and replug into the simplicity of our humanity. You know, my granddaughter is all, well, all my grandchildren are inspiring to me, but I have one granddaughter, uh, the, the youngest granddaughter, and she was telling me one day a story about one of her friends. My youngest granddaughter is highly sensitive and picks up on a lot of things. And she was hurt one time. She was playing with one of her friends, and her friend said something to hurt her feelings. And she overheard her little friend saying to her friend's mother, how come it is when every time I say something mean to, let's say her name was B, um, how come that she gets so hurt and upset? And that bothered my granddaughter because it made her feel weak. And when my granddaughter went to her mother and told her mother that story, she said, this is what my friend said to her mother. What's wrong with, with B that she, every time I say something mean, she gets so sad and so upset. And my, my daughter-in-law was so wise because this is what she said to my granddaughter. She said, B, you just need to understand and know that you are sensitive and sensitivity is your superpower. Sensitivity is a superpower. It's a gift. It can be cultivated also and learned. We can allow ourselves to be here now, present, in our lives and in our circumstances, no matter how difficult they are. We can become emotionally, spiritually, and environmentally aware. Let's not miss one minute of this beautiful experience we call life. Thank you for your time today. As I always say, that time is valuable. You only have so much of it, and you've given me some of your time today. You can look at our resources on our website, indigenousmessengers.com. There, there's paintings, there's all kinds of books and DVDs. And as I always end, I dedicate this to my children, and my grandchildren. Thank you for listening to Beatitudes with Dr. Kwamenik Sukina. Be sure to follow the show for more tools on how to experience wisdom in your everyday life for you to walk in victory with the right attitude.